0: Hello and welcome back. You no, know, it's been a long time. I think if you would have told me that I would have never recorded another podcast under this name, under this podcast brand, this podcast title, uh, I would have believed you. I would have believed you. But here we are. And for those who might be unfamiliar, my name is Noah Alvarez. This is the Mamaik and I podcast been a minute, folks. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Don't know how often I'm going to do this, but I want to try something new. And bear with me, folks, because as I'll get into why I'm recording tonight on the night of April 2nd. Well, it's actually April 1st. I'm actually just past midnight, 1217, as I'm saying these words to you over the microphone. So April Fool's, it's not an April Fool's joke, I just missed my opportunity for that one. <laughs> but yeah, I'm Noah Alvarez, used to have this podcast, my mic and I, I guess I still have it, I don't do it regularly, so it doesn't feel like it's mine anymore, however, I'm back, and I will play around with the title a little bit, still very workshop, very new idea, just kind of came fresh to my head this evening on the drive home from visiting a friend in Los Angeles. So. Yeah, right now we're going to title it, My Mike and I, Late Night Sessions. Officially the first episode of that said Late Night session series. I don't know if I'll keep doing it. I don't know if this is a one-time deal only, but I thank you for your ears. I don't even plan on sharing this, really. So whoever comes across this, you just happened to subscribe and got a little notification. Probably saw my little logo pop up again, and you hadn't seen it in a while. At least like two years. And yeah couple things I want to talk about tonight's show you might be wondering why I might you might be wondering why I'm podcasting I will explain that in a little bit I will also go over a couple new things that I tried this week big week for me as far as becoming an adult and learning how to take care of adult things and um, some new things I've tried in the past month I also want to start I guess not start, but I know my my Mike and I podcast has been revolving around music a lot in the past. I definitely want to have like a song of the episode type deal and share a song each episode and maybe a lyric that I like. So I'm going to do that. And I will also have another segment titled The Existential Thought of the Episode and be sharing with that at the end. But first things first, folks. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Let's go ahead and get into the first topic of discussion. And I know I should start with why I'm doing this podcast, but we'll get into that second. Let's go ahead and try and start with the things that I did for the first time this week. It was a week of first as the first thing I'd like to share with you guys on Wednesday, March 29th. I actually tried acupuncture for the first time. Now, it kind of sounds silly, but I got the inspiration from actually watching a cartoon. I've been re-watching The Legend of Korra season, series on Netflix. It's a Nickelodeon-produced show. For those who are unfamiliar, it's the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender, arguably one of the greatest, not just kids' shows, but shows that has aged one of the most beautifully uh, from what I can recall in modern time, I would say. And... I was watching this show and in one of the episodes of season three, or maybe it might be season two, actually, I think it's season three, one of the side characters, she's a pretty important character, but she ends up getting acupuncture to kind of block, to unblock some of the chi and the energy that's messing up her psyche. And it turns out to be a very healing process for this character. So naturally, I get the inspiration. I know acupuncture is a real thing in the real world. And I'm over here like, you know what? I've been saying I wanted to try something like that. I'm all for trying new things so I made it a point went on Groupon shout out to Groupon if you want to try something new like this whether it's paddle boarding uh, acupuncture or whatever weird thing that you're into that you are nervous to try for the first time Groupon is a great place to look and try and get a discounted price and I did just that there was a place down the street from my place and had pretty good reviews, and for our hour session it was only forty dollars. It was gonna be seventy five without said Groupon. So I thought, okay, saving thirty five dollars. It's a pretty good place, and like I said, it had good reviews too. There was others that were cheaper, but I just you know I feel like if people are gonna be poking and prodding me, like I gotta, I gotta make sure that at least like four stars and up. And this place was four and a half. Um, couldn't trust anything of those those two. There were some two and three star acupuncture places, and I was gonna. I'm not gonna lie, man. If you have a two or three stars in acupuncture, like don't trust it man even if it might be cheap as hell i would recommend you pay the extra couple bucks so you can get more established and what's the word i'm looking for recognized place regardless i go to this acupuncture place wednesday appointments at four kind of nervous um it's a asian lady who runs it and you know she sits us down i go with the friend and she sits us down. We have to fill out these forms, kind of giving some of our information, what we're here for, kind of deal. You know, I'm going in there. I think for a lot of reasons, but the the main reason I say is uh, sleep, sleeping problems. Now, do I have sleeping problems? Not, nah, nothing too extreme. I don't think I don't have insomnia. It's not like that. I think some of the problems I face personally are. On days that I have off, I still find myself waking up early, as if I had to go to work. So that's kind of disappointing, right? And I also, occasionally, this is very rarely, but I would say at least once every other two weeks or so, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and have a really hard time going back to sleep. So anyways, kind of describe that to my acupuncturist. I think that's how you would say someone who does acupuncture. And right away, you know, they after we fill out the forms, she throws me into a room. that throws me. She places me into a room. I lie down on a bed. Um, I don't have to take off any clothes, but I did have to take off my socks and shoes. But I just had to roll up my joggers that I was wearing and then roll up my hoodie that I was wearing. But I didn't have to take any clothes off. I thought I was going to have to, you know, de-dress or undress. I don't know why I said de-dress. Anyways, she proceeds to put four needles in my belly button. My eyes are closed the entire time. I can't look at needles. Even when I get shots and stuff like that, I do not look at at the needle, I close my eyes and look away as best as I can, and so she puts four needles because I'm counting, four needles right inside my belly button, Um, she puts two needles in each of my foot, think inside part of your foot, closer to the ankle actually too, so like high foot, low ankle area, puts two in my thumbs, um, and think there's that pocket between your thumb and your index finger, she puts one there, and then she puts one on the outer thumb towards the palm and the wrist part of your hand, so... If you're keeping track, that's 12 total now. And then she puts one on the forehead, kind of like right in between your eyebrows. Like if you had a unibrow that was, you know, connecting the two right there. And then also one on the top of my head. So just if you were to look at a person laying down and you see the top of their head, you know, just picture that. And so there's 14 needles in me. She puts heat lamps over my feet and my belly button like heat lamps, a little small heat lamps, nothing too big. And then she turns off the light. And she said, you're good to go to sleep. And so I had about 45 minutes left in my session, 45 more minutes left in my session. And I'm really, uh, you know, kind of not scared. Scared isn't the word, but I'm a little nervous of what's supposed to happen. What am I supposed to feel? You know, sometimes when you hear of these Eastern civilization type of tendencies or practices, you're kind of confused, right? Because you're I want to say intimidate that something's bad and that's going to happen, but you just don't know what is going to happen and if you're supposed to feel what's going to happen. And so anyways, I'm laying down, I'm meditating a little bit, but you know, I'm, I am getting sleepy. The the warm, uh, the, the heat lamps on my feet and on my belly button do a nice job of relaxing me. The lights was off too. So, you know, I feel pretty relaxed at this point and I end up knocking out, wake up about 45 minutes later to her turning on the light saying that the session is over and she proceeds to take out the needles of the different parts she works from the bottom up so she takes them out of my feet then my belly button, then my thumbs and then my head, forehead and head and um, one, the nap was incredible I mean the nap was absolutely incredible I know some of you might be thinking did you just go all the way for a 45 minute nap? Mm, no, but it was a huge plus You know, I don't think you can get naps like that where I live uh, to get that kind of peace and quiet. I don't know what everyone's living situation is like, but sometimes this can be rather challenging whether you have kids, whether you have roommates, um, whether you're living there a a busy street or in a busy city and you're always hearing, you know, horns and uh, fire truck alarms and that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? You're always just hearing like the hustle and bustle of the day. So one, it was a really fantastic, peaceful nap. Two, I'd actually sprained my ankle about two weeks ago Really bad playing soccer, believe it or not, with some uh, some students of mine. And while the ankle had healed and I was able to run on it and do other things on it, like it's I I wouldn't say it has deterred me from doing anything in the past week and a half, but it does have pain. And I would say before this acupuncturist or acupuncture meeting session, whatever you want to call it, on a scale of one to ten, it was about a four. Just kind of constantly nagging, a little bit of sharp pain when I would move it in certain directions, um, but I could run on it. I played basketball on it last Sunday. Not, not much was deterring me from, you know, keep moving on this ankle. And sure enough, well, as I'm waking up and getting ready to lift off the bed, I start rolling my wrists and ankles. Something I usually do when I first wake up is kind of just like get my joints moving and making sure, you know, I don't get up too fast and feel all stiff. And right away, I noticed the pain in my ankle is gone. So not only did I have a great nap, but the pain in my ankle absolutely gone. Not a 1 out of 10, not a 2 out of 10. On a pain tolerance level, it was a 0 out of 10. I didn't feel anything in my ankle. And I was kind of shocked by that. You know, obviously, I didn't tell her that my ankle was hurting. But naturally, the needles being there with the heat lamp, it just happened to help. You know, it was like a side effect, right? I guess you could say, that um, happened to take place with the sleep as well. And, you know, I'm recording this now on a Saturday night, early Sunday morning if you want to get technical. But the sleep the past three nights, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night have been really special. Um, I haven't woken up in the middle of the night. I feel like Friday night, I had a good, excuse me, Friday morning, I had a good chance to sleep in and I was able to sleep in a little bit longer than usual. So yeah, the moral of this little short story, acupuncture, man, try it. I think there's different reasons you can go if you really do have insomnia or some more drastic sleeping problems. Or if you just have pain in a certain area, they will take care of you. Well, they might not take care of you. I don't know. Try a well-recommended and a well-rated acupuncture place local to you. I 10 out of 10 recommend. Feels great. My ankle feels awesome, man. I cannot stop geeking out about how good my ankle feels post-acupuncture session. Now, that wasn't the only new thing I did this week. I also did my taxes for the first time by myself. I am a 28-year-old man, and I did my taxes by myself this year. A little backstory: my uncle had a tax business, and he passed it on to his kids this past year. So he let us know that this is last year kind of doing it, and his kids are doing things differently to where they're only going to do taxes for businesses, no longer personal taxes, individual people's taxes. It was kind of a bummer because I didn't have to worry about it. I just had to turn in all my W twos, hand it over to them. Because they're family, you know what I mean. I, I really didn't have to pay anything at all. If it if I did, it was very, you know, low cost. And I always felt like they tried to do their best to give me the most biggest refund, biggest refund, excuse me. And so that was cool. I tried TurboTax. Um, I've heard, you know, a lot of good things based off of the commercials and a couple of my friends that have done TurboTax, their taxes on TurboTax before and really smooth. It took me about 41 minutes. I like how they have a timer because they're like, when I first started, like the goal time for you to complete in is 31 minutes. And I was like, oh wow, that's pretty quick. And I ended up getting in 41 minutes. So 10 minutes above the goal time, but first time had to take things a little slow, just triple check things to make sure I was doing everything correctly and sure enough I was I got my refund I'm not gonna disclose how much I got uh, because that's personal information but it was fun man I, I honestly felt super accomplished with that kind of deal and um, I'm just really really proud of myself for not only going out and trying acupuncture but making it a point to doing my own taxes at my own as well I could have very well just pouted in a Till the very last minute, maybe even ask for an extension, because I know they do that sometimes as well. Um, But I did it, and you know, I'm really proud of myself this week for accomplishing those two big things, two first-time things, man. So, shout out to trying new things. If you are on the fence about trying new things, just lean into it. You know, take that next step without being able to see it sometimes, and that's a metaphor, right? Because you might be stepping off a cliff, and you have to kind of trust that there might be a little ledge underneath that cliff that kind of catches you. That's what it feels like sometimes when you're trying new things. That's how I felt, at least walking into that acupuncture office. And then even, you know, sitting setting up my laptop and getting my W-2s out and logging into or signing up and creating a TurboTax account. So those are the new things that I tried. We're going to go ahead and segue into why i am podcasting at this current moment like i said it's 12 32 a.m we just passed april 1st april fools i'm gonna take a little sip of this water and we're gonna get into why am i currently podcasting right now so i was over at a friend's as i mentioned earlier in los angeles she lives in well i'm not gonna disclose that but we were watching You People. It's a movie on Netflix. It has Jonah Hill and Lauren London as the main two characters. It's actually a really cool movie. There's movies with similar plots, so I don't want to say it's super unique, but it is unique in you know, its own little way, if that makes sense. But yeah, the plot here is Jonah Hill plays a middle-aged, not middle-aged, he's about 35, mid-30s, a Jewish young man, right? living his life he has a podcast funny enough right i think that honestly hearing him and his uh i forgot the podcast name on the movie but hearing them podcast together kind of drew a little inspiration for myself to hop back on here and the movie is pretty funny lauren london is a beautiful black actress and so the two somehow miraculously meet because jonah hill's character thought she was her uber driver and it turned into this whole ordeal, but they hit it off, they go on a date, next thing you know, they fast forward six months later, and they want to get married, I thought that was kind of fast, but shit, I guess that's how instant gratification has really impacted our society, you know, we're even getting married faster than we usually do. So anyways, um, you people came out in 2023, and in this movie, Jonah Hill I actually didn't finish the movie, first and foremost. I should disclose that, right? But I got about an hour in. Jonah Hill's character, when they meet Lauren London's character, he is a financial broker. I don't know if you say financial. He's just a broker. And he also has his podcast on the side. And, you know, as they move in together, they buy a house together somewhere in LA. Don't know where. But they buy a house together. And, well, he quits his broker job to become. A full-time podcaster. Go full in on it. And I love that because that was things that, that was something that I thought about for a long time. And, you know, it makes you feel a certain way to see it in a movie and knowing that, you know, I didn't really, quote-unquote, try it, per se. Obviously, I had my own circumstances and obstacles that are different than a movie, a fictional movie that someone wrote for our entertainment. I get it, you know. Don't take it that deep, Noah. I get it. Um, but it was a fun movie because, like I said, Jonah Hill's character is Jewish. Right? And Lauren London's character, well, she has a black family. Now, her parents, I think this is really cool too. They did a really good job with the casting. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy and Neil Long play lauren London Lauren London's characters, Mom and Dad, while uh, Jonah Hill has Julia Lois Defro, Defro, actually, I don't know how to say her name. Actually, these actors, I don't really care, but basically the chick from <laughs> Seinfeld. And another dude plays Jonah Hill's dads. And it's really funny to see how, yes, those two fell in love. They didn't really care about their cultural differences. And I feel like that's so common for millennials and any younger generation. So Gen Z and anyone who's uh, younger than Gen Z. I don't even know what that next generation is called yet. But people are people. And I, that's how I see people. Right? I have friends of all different walks of life, different ethnicities, different religions, just different people, man. And, you know, they fall in love in this movie, but while they fall in love, their parents don't necessarily, not accept, because accept isn't the right word, but they're still having a hard time believing and just getting adjusted to that their son and or daughter are now dating seriously this person of another ethnicity, another race, and it's a huge culture shock for them, right? Jewish family like you could tell like they're one of those like rich Jewish families that like are very secluded I mean oh my god some of the what I liked about this movie and I don't like about this movie is how many awkward situations it puts you in right um just unbelievably awkward like the most cringe shit like things that wouldn't happen in real life because it's a movie they'll put it in there and sometimes when I see stuff like that I almost want to like pause the movie and walk out and take a deep breath because it it gives me like social anxiety sometimes anyways to go on just to share a little tidbit of the movie you should go watch it it's on netflix it's free right um well you need a netflix subscription but most people have that it's funny because when jonah's character first takes Nea, uh not neil lauren london you know his girlfriend over to uh his parents place they all of a sudden get weird because it's the first time of him bringing over a black girlfriend and or just a black friend i think in general and so she, you know huge cultural difference they're more of the older traditional jew and they're over here starting to conversate about magic johnson and john legend and like police brutality making things super awkward in this conversation man like it was so funny but like at the same time like it hurt to watch because i know like how uncomfortable that might be and so it's a cool movie but again the whole reason i'm bringing about this up and talking about is because Jonah Hill's character, let's see if I can look it up real quick, and his buddy, um, it's a female, they have a podcast together, and that's one thing that kind of just, you know, reminded me of, like, hey, I used to have a podcast, like, what's up with that? Um, Opening podcast scene, I'm trying to figure this out on the fly, I'm sorry about that, Oh, gosh. I should have planned this better um, from the movie. The Mo and Ez show. Oh, the Mo and Easy show. Right? The Mo and Easy show on you people. Anyways, regardless, it's two people shooting the shit back and forth. they reminded me of the podcast that I do with our buddy, our good buddy, Jacob Fanshaw, the front row seat. We haven't done an episode in quite some time. Schedules sometimes differ. And sometimes, you know, priorities change. Um for different people that are involved with the podcast. So so be it. But, you know, I miss podcasting, man. I really do miss podcasting. And this is my way of kind of scratching that fix because it's late at night. I decided to head home around eleven PM and there was a couple things I could have gotten into. Right? Could have fallen back into some bad habits or <laughs> taking the road of temptation down. Taking that whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. I could have gone down a different path tonight. But instead, I was reminded by the movie that I love podcasting. And I thought, I'm going to hustle home, plug in my microphone, and see what comes to mind. So, that being said, let's go ahead and get into a different topic. Third discussion, talking point of today's episode. This was cool. Very, very recent. Two weeks ago, my buddy Alec Romero. Shout out to Alec Romero. Hope you're listening. He was a good friend of mine from Sacramento State. He also happens to be from Riverside, which is a, we've discussed in the group chat, a pretty talent-rich basketball area. And it's a discussion for a different day on this podcast. But anyways, Alec, he actually got married to his now wife, Chelsea, back in 2020. And they've been having a lot of, not honestly difficulty, but they've had to postpone their wedding reception to celebrate with their family and friends for quite some time i mean this is now 2023 and they just had it two weeks ago on march 18th it was a beautiful wedding beautiful venue over in Placerville, california which is about 50 minutes from sacramento downtown area and about you know another 40 45 minutes from sacramento the state the campus um but it was super cool man it it was fun because well it's not weddings are fun in general right but i think it was really unique to me and our my my friend jacob because we gotta be officiants for their wedding and their little ceremony that they did. Now, we didn't have to get ordained or go through any legal process like that because they were actually already are married. So what they did on March 18th was kind of just for show in the sense that like, yes, they're gonna read some of their vows and have us say some lines that you would traditionally hear at like a church wedding or at a courthouse wedding type of deal. But mainly so that their family and friends could hear it in front, or sorry, they could do it in front of their family and friends, excuse me. And so that was super cool, man. I was really unex- not unexpected, but just really shocked and honored is a good word when he asked us to be the officiants for the wedding. I want to say he asked us in January. It might have been late December as well, but Alec, if you're listening, I can't thank you enough. And I know I speak for both of us, myself and Jacob. Super cool. And, you know, I know we played around, Jacob and I, about what we were going to say. At first, it looked like we might have 10 to 15 minutes of speaking time. So we were going to try and incorporate some stories, you know, of Alec and I and, and Jacob's adventures and some of the shenanigans we've gotten into. Some things that were maybe shouldn't have been said at a wedding. And I'm glad we didn't get a chance to say it because... You know, at the end of the day, the wedding was about Alec and Chelsea, not about Alec and his two buddies that, you know, can get carried away sometimes, you know what I mean? But what I liked is just being up there and seeing Alec walking down the aisle first as the music started playing. And then, you know, I think uh, was uh, one of Alec's parents and then one of Chelsea's parents walking down the aisle. And then it was Chelsea getting walked down the aisle as well with her father walking her down. And just to be there, um, oh, my God, dude. It was it was just a, a surreal moment, you know. I think it was a huge honor. And it was funny because Jacob, I thought, was a little bit more nervous leading up to that and preparing the speech and everything. And, like, when we were talking about our speech, you know, a month in advance, I was like, yeah, dude, like, come on, we got a month. Like, don't even worry about it. I'm super calm. But as soon as that music started and Alec walked down the aisle first, I was like, oh, fuck, man, like, I... I am really nervous. I had the butterflies in my stomach. I had to pee all of a sudden, too. So, like, man, things were just, I want to say too, they weren't getting too jumbled around in there. But I don't know. I was a little flustered, not going to lie. But it went smooth, man. It went smooth. Like I said, we had to shorten things up i would say jacob and i combined maybe had four to five minutes of speaking time before we just kind of let them read their vows which took about 10 minutes or so no one's really counting but and then we said you know you may not kiss the bride again and we let everybody know once they walked down the aisle that they were as cocktails in the cocktail room kind of deal so it was really simple man we we said you know i think in total i probably said like i don't know like five lines six lines and, and jacob may have said like eight or nine but still it was a really fun experience alec if you're listening i can't thank you enough for letting me do that and who knows man maybe i freaking try and find a summer job as being an efficient and actually get ordained or something man i could see myself doing something like that one cool thing i'll mention one of my coworkers, we actually grabbed lunch on wednesday it was actually our spring break for the school district i work for so we didn't actually go into work um, in a traditional setting right and my coworker and I got lunch at this beautiful Italian restaurant. It's in Norwalk called Frantone's. We're not sponsored, but God, it's a great restaurant. Anyways, he was saying that, you know, because I, I was telling him a bunch of stories of not only that spring break, but some of the instances and things that I've <laughs> run into with women in the past and some of the things I get myself into. And he's like, man, you, you just, you have such a good voice, he told me. And I also told him about being an efficient. And also, the time I went hiking and helped some strangers get through their hike—it wasn't just myself; it was two other my friends, Greg and Ronnie. Shout out to them if they're listening. But my coworker kind of made the points like, "Man, you have too beautiful, too nice of a voice to like do nothing with it." And I kind of laughed, you know, because like that sounds like, "Man, don't like don't waste your talent, kid." And and it's true though; like I I could tell he meant that sincerely, and I know that too. You know what I mean? It is tough. I feel like as you grow older. You know, you start to recognize your talents, but unless, you know, there's nothing in life, at least not that I've seen, and maybe the path that I want to go down, maybe for others there is, that's great, but it doesn't feel like there's necessarily like people always necessarily trying to guide you and recognizing your talent and then try and steer you in that direction and, and towards your passions and towards your talents and where you might be successful in, and I think that's been one hell of a journey for myself. You know, I know some of you guys know I do this podcast. I've also done some broadcasting, like live game broadcasting as a play by play and color broadca- uh, commentator. Even done some sideline reporter stuff too through different internships and through different um, jobs that I've had here locally to Southern California. Um, I did some stuff when I was in Sacramento State and for the KSSU, the student around radio over there too. Um, And, you know, I think also as a coach, I'm a football and baseball coach. I work with kids a lot. Naturally, you have to speak in front of groups of at least 10 or bigger, you know, kids and a lot of times are teens. So you have to be able to speak well in those all those different environments. Right. And the more practice I get, you know, I mean, this past year I had the most amazing opportunity to be able to do. Elac bus Elac basketball games, which is if you're unfamiliar, again another Netflix series, Last Chance you They followed East LA College's men's basketball team. They followed it during the 2019 slash 20 season, but obviously that season ended up abruptly because of COVID. And so then they followed the 2021-22 season, which was really cool. It released last, I believe, November, right before the basketball season started. So now it was a 2022 2023 season i got to call a couple of games um again shout out to sportsnetusa.net for helping me get set up with that they're still on youtube if you want to go check those out too and again all this public speaking all this speaking into the microphone i'm really trying to i'm really trying to do something with this man i, I would like when my, my coworker said if i'm 45 50 and at night, Haven't done anything yet with my voice still to get paid for it, whether it's being on the radio, whether it's a bigger podcast platform, whether it's being an efficient and marrying people. Right. Um, I would feel pretty disappointed in myself. You know, I feel like I have these talents and it's not it's not about a want or desire or work ethic. You know, you ask a lot of my friends, people that I know, people that know me, excuse me. I'll tell you, I'm one of the hardest working individuals that they know, probably. And I can say that confidently. I think it's just sometimes getting the opportunities and being around enough to get opportunities. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm around certain things enough to get those opportunities. But there's still time, which segues perfectly. Segues. I don't know if I said that clearly. It segues perfectly into the 1st subseries. I don't know if it's a sub-series or just kind of a little thing I want to get going on the show. It's the existential thought of the episode. And I just talked about time. I'm 28 years old. I feel like I'm at a race against time. And I hope I wonder if anyone else feels this too. I mean talking with some of my friends, it does feel like we see eye to eye in that aspect a little bit. I will say that at 28 I don't feel old. I don't feel old. I'm still able to play basketball every Sunday and run around with my my students and able to do drills and and don't get me wrong I know I'm not 21 or even 23 year old Noah but I don't feel old in the sense that oh man like everything in my body hurts and I'm discouraged to go out and I am you know in bed by 10 p.m. no none of that type of shit you know what I mean I still feel really youthful but I know that 28 you know as I get older more and more responsibilities kind of come on my plate and that's intimidating you know because as someone i would even say like 3 years ago right when i was doing this podcast in 2020 um, at at this time you know last in 3 years ago 2020 in april i'm doing the podcast um still living with my parents the the responsibilities were less and i could invest more in this podcast and i can invest more in like other goals and dreams and my vision and as I've gotten busier, I've had to had put some of those things on hold, and that's so tough, man, to do as an adult, and I think that's what this race against time I'm referring to is like, yeah, I'm only 28, I know the average person probably lives to 70-something, I hope I could live that long, I hope I could take care of my body and live to be 100, but I also know that life is super fucking delicate and fragile, and I could die tomorrow in a car accident, knock on wood, right, but I think the biggest conflict is trying to find that balance between, yes, I'm young and, and life, like I said, can be taken away from me at any moment. And I'm trying to live in the now. Like I'm not trying to, you know, what what's this all this planning in the future type shit because I just got to enjoy a moment now. I got to go out. I got to see my friends. I got to see my family members. I got to go hiking to this new hiking spot that I've never been to and drive my car and, and, and feel good like with the windows down when it's a sunny day because I know if, I don't know when the next sunny day may be. Or if I will get another sunny day. And also, on the balancing side of that, right, on the other end of the teeter-totter, if you can imagine one on the playground, right, it's, hey, develop that one-year plan, that five-year plan. What do you see yourself in 10 years? You know what I'm saying? Do you have a savings account? Do you have 401ks? I have this really cool friend. Shout out to Shalek if he's listening. You know, he knows all kinds about stocks, but he also knows a bunch of, like, about bonds and, like, how to put your money in different things so it works for you when you're older. And it's like, yeah, that sounds cool. But like, damn, what if I die? Like, what if I, you know, what if I do buy a municipal bond? And like, by the time they're able to pay me back, I'm dead. You know I mean, I can have beneficiaries, sure. But like, to me, on my deathbed, right? I might think, man, that was not a waste of money, but per se. But like, you know, that money could have been spent in the now. And so I think there's a huge, I, I just gave those examples and metaphors about financials. But it's the same thing with goals. You know, it's the same thing with goals, the same thing with how you attack your goals, your vision, how you go about your daily routine. And it's about trying to sustain the longevity of your life, but also not letting life pass you by. And this race against time, man, it it really is a bitch. It really is a motherfucker. I feel like, you know, father time is undefeated. There is that saying, and and I most definitely know that. But I think sometimes as humans, we like to think we are in control. More than we really are. And Father Time, time in general just reminds you that you're not. It humbles you. It can be a very humbling experience. So that's my existential thought of the episode. I got this inspiration from uh I forgot the what their segment is called, but on the PMS show and they have the dong and the gong, they ring the gong when they say some wise things. So yeah, man, race against time. Just kinda of think about that as you're listening. One more segment. As I have to take a quick break and get some more hydration in my system before we end things up. Boom, we're back. Last segment of the first edition of the Late Night Sessions episode. I'm Noah Alvarez. We're going to sign off in just a second. But before we do, as I want to do on every episode, I'm so, I'm, I, I feel like I have a great music taste. And I just want to share that with the world, man. I just share your gifts with the world. If you feel like you're a great cook, you have a good sense of style you I don't know whatever else that you're good at like share that with the world and I feel like you know I have this not only you know a lot of the music I don't want to say is music that I discovered myself a lot of people have put me on to music and I'll I'll take some from their music libraries and then obviously I've met different people through the podcast that make music themselves and that's who I'm going to bring up or I guess that's where I'm going to bring this next artist and song from it's a song titled table for one it's Spelled out four, so and spelled out one. So it's Table, F-O-R-O-N-E. Table for One by the musical artist by the name of 80. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's been on the My Mike and I podcast. I want to say back in 2019. So if you can scroll all the way back up. I don't think I even numbered the episodes back then. Might have. I don't think I did. But I interviewed a man by the name of 80. He's a very talented rapper and more so that he's just a wise person i love having discussions with him Um, we get to chit chat every couple months or so and i really enjoy our friendship and the bond that we have and the things that we're able to talk about anyways man he dropped a song on his birthday can you believe that it was his birthday and he gifted us this beautiful gem of a song titled table for one it dropped march 8th it just happened to come out this month i'm not going to always drop out or excuse me i'm not going to always recommend a song that came out in the month that i'm recording but regardless The song Table for One by 80, man. There's some powerful lyrics in here. I don't want to get too... I'm going to let you guys listen for it, uh, and then you guys listen to yourself and kind of make your own conclusions. I have kind of my thoughts and ideas of when I hear the lyrics, and me knowing him personally, I have a little bit of different insight on certain things. But I will say there's one powerful line in there that he says, Quote, emotional cheating, just as bad as physical, except it's more defeating. And... End quote. I should have end quoted that. But man, oh man, like he just, he hit a different string with that one. I, you know, am a man that I can admit in the past, in past relationships, I have not only emotionally cheated, but physically cheated on different partners. And I'm not proud to admit that. Hell no, fuck that. I'm all about honesty though. And I feel like in order to be honest, with others, I got to be honest with myself. And so him kind of mentioning that it brought back some memories and triggered some maybe thoughts that I didn't want to be thinking about, about some previous partners that I had and the emotional and physical cheating that went on during those relationships. And it's so true, as he says, right? Emotional cheating is just as bad as physical. I would argue that it probably isn't as bad. I would say that it wasn't as bad. When he says it's more defeating, that's so true because it's like your mental will, like you didn't have enough mental willpower to stop yourself from even thinking about let's say approaching this woman or making out with one of your friends that's a a girl or I don't know, man. Like the fact that you were like emotionally cheating, whether it's something in your imagination or just a little thought that you had during the day. To know that you don't have the strong enough mental willpower is, is so defeating. More than the physical, the physical, I feel like not a lot of people get the opportunity to physically cheat, right? Like, that is not an opportunity that is presented all the time to people. And so I think, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would cheat if given the opportunity, but they, they don't ever get the opportunity. And so, the emotional cheating is something that's so different, right? Because you're taking away your emotions, your investment from your significant other and pouring it into something else, whether it's a a, a, a friendship that maybe you're taking a little too far or uh, something that you're romanticizing about a person that you barely even know. I don't know. There's a lot of ways you can emotionally cheat, but man, that is the song of the episode Table for One by 80. There's some really powerful lyrics in there. I hope you guys really just kind of like, don't do anything when you listen to this song. Just fucking listen to the lyrics, man. It fucking cuts deep. It cuts fucking deep. So that's going to do it, folks, for episode one of the Late Night Sessions. Mike and I, I'm Noah Alvarez. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow the podcast. I don't know if I'm going to keep doing these, how often I'm going to keep doing these. I would really like to get back into podcasting more. I know, you know, the tough thing about doing podcasts with other people is sometimes you have to coordinate. And if your schedules don't align, your schedules don't align. If your priorities don't align, your priorities don't align. Can't do anything about it. So I want to try to do something solo, man. Fuck it, bro. I'm too fucking... What's the word? I'm too... Not eager. I'm just too... I still want to do this shit, man. You know, there's still something in me that still wants to fucking podcast. So I got to just podcast, man, even if it's by myself, just fucking podcast. Anyways, I'm starting to ramble now. Thank you for tuning in. Mike and I, Late Night Sessions, episode one, with your boy Noah Alvarez. Peace.